1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Stephen Gerrard questions his players' mentality Believes they showed an ego before Saturday's game John Hartson insists Celtic can still be caught in the title race And Stevie Clark calls on sensible fans to help rid our game of troublemakers I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight is Gordon Diel and Roger Hanna And every midweek seems to be a big, big midweek at the minute Up in the Highlands we've got a Scottish Cup replay tonight Inverness against Ross County tomorrow The same at Ibrox Rangers against Kilmarnock That's a huge game for Rangers Some would say Their season depends on it And then On Thursday Celtic Is it mission improbable In Valencia To try and get You know Some Pride back in the European competition To try and get to the last 16 But what you'll find is No egos in the Super Scoreboard studio On a Tuesday Gordon At least not from you and I Oh, very nice of you Roger No I'm looking <laughs> forward to this week uh, Gordon I'm promoting games I was at Ibrox on Saturday And I've got to say Rangers were really not impressive at all. They were very, very poor and they were lucky to get a point. St. Johnston, I thought, deserved the three points on the day. So the Rangers managers come out and had a little dig and it'll be interesting to see the reaction he gets tomorrow night in the cup game against a very good mm. command looks like. And it's yet another week, Roger Hanna, where we seem to be walking along that tight rope between focusing on the great stuff that were involved on the pitch um, and various other... Um, Distractions If you like Off of it Name names What distractions Are we discussing oh, this you week t- You take your pick Because I don't know Is it coin throwing Is it referees Is it disciplinary systems Is it seat breaking Take take your pick Well In no particular order Coin throwing There's absolutely no place For it in football There's no place For it in society It is becoming more prevalent We hoped When Neil Lennon Was struck in the Edinburgh Derby At Tynecastle Earlier in the season It was a one off Unfortunately With Chris Boyd Struck at the weekend It doesn't look as if It is a one off Seat smashed at Rugby Park Again No place for it Unfortunately It does seem to be Becoming more prevalent In Scottish football again As for referees Well I spoke in the show Last Tuesday night About And the annoyance The frustration About the inconsistencies Of referees And the way They apply the laws The inconsistency Of the compliance officer In the SFA judicial panel Now There's no reason to listen to me but it's becoming increasingly apparent that far more important people like me, Leanne Dempster at Hibs last Friday, Stuart Robertson at Rangers yesterday, Steve Clark at Kilmarnock before, Derek McInnes at Aberdeen, Craig Levine at Arts, they're all beginning to agree that this system, this disciplinary system, is becoming unworkable. All right, let's at least start by focusing on the field then. Stephen Gerrard says he won't be afraid to show players the door if they get too comfortable and think they are guaranteed a start. The Rangers boss also says he does agree with Stuart Robertson's calls for reform in the disciplinary process. Stephen Gerrard's been questioning his players' mentality, talks about them showing an ego in the game at the weekend. It's a huge match tomorrow, so let us know what you think on the phones right now. 01419511025. Let's hear from you. I've told the players in, in a very honest and, and truthful way that that's not acceptable if you're a Rangers player. You have to accept the challenge. You have to expect teams to come here and not make it easy for you. And I don't want to lie to the players or mislead them or tell them stuff that I don't believe in. And the reaction can't be for me. It's got to be for the fans and the club. You know, St. Johnson had 100, 150 supporters at that game. We had 49, 50,000. They're the ones who deserve the standards and the level of performance. It's my job to just tell the players and, and be truthful and honest with them. That's the way I do it. At the weekend, I didn't see 
a, a proper Rangers team with the right mentality and I didn't see individuals really going above and beyond for the right result. That was the concern for me. I speak to them individuals, I tell them and if I see anyone getting comfortable or think they can just walk into the team and stay in the team, I'll remove them. The I don't think we're putting a time scale on it or saying something has to happen fast. I'm, I'm totally behind the managing director and the statement, but it, it's something that's come above me. You know, this has been obviously been going on for a longer time before I've come in. The board are handling it. I trust them on it, and, and, and we move forward like that. My focus now is just Kilmarnock tomorrow. Huge game tomorrow Rangers against Kilmarnock In that Scottish Cup replay Strong words again From Stephen Gerrard As to where it went wrong On Saturday So let us know what you think 0141 951 1025 Or on Twitter We're at Clyde SSB Yeah there's a saying Of a manager Throwing his players Under a bus Gordon So I think he's got to be careful Because he, he needs to get back To these guys He needs to get a reaction He's got to take Some of the blame At the weekend as well Whether it was tactically Or the way Rangers Went about their business even at half time, I was sitting thinking, right, he'll probably get in that dressing room and have a few goes at one or two players. And I was looking at the tunnel and they actually were just walking out the tunnel. I was expecting the Rangers players to be sprinting out that tunnel after the, what the Rangers manager must have gave them at half time. And it went back to the same flatness. There was nothing. The atmosphere round about Ibrox wasn't that particularly good because the fans were not happy with the way the team was, were, were playing. In fact, I, I, I sit back and I, I look at the chances and it's every time you go to Ibrox they create chances because they've got players in wide areas, Candias, Ken, great deliveries. Nothing, nothing happened at all. And as I said earlier, and I said on Saturday, if I was St. Johnson, I'd have felt a little bit disappointed because I thought they deserved to get away with the three points. Yeah, I think Blair Olsen went closer than any Rangers player to, to, to break in you know, break the deadlock at Ibrox on Saturday. I'm not so sure ego is the problem at Rangers. I think the problem at Rangers is the current batch of players can't meet the standards that Stephen Gerrard expects. Um, Stephen Gerrard was a world-class footballer and I think he's now in his first season in management, he's now growing increasingly frustrated that the players that he's putting out in the pitch are only so good. You know, they can only reach so, you know so high a level and I think he's beginning to realise that again this summer he'll need to bring in players that are better than the current crop. Yes, they're second in the league, which is an improvement where they've been. They played twenty six league games. They've only won fifteen of them. Fifteen of twenty six. So eleven of those games they haven't won in the Premier League. That's not good enough for what Stephen Gerrard wants, what Stephen Gerrard demands. And I think it's beginning to dawn on him that the current batch of players. Simply aren't good enough but it, but For where his, he wants to take Rangers It's his job Roger He's signed them He's got to take responsibility yeah. for that He's brought these players in yep. He's got to then say Right okay These players were never as good As what he was as a player He's got to coach them He's got to get them into a team Into a formation Into a shape That suits every player in that pitch That's what his job is And sometimes As a young manager Coming in your first job Now We'll know tomorrow night the reaction he's going to get off his players Because he's certainly not missed them And a lot of people nowadays say Yeah, players got off too lightly But you know the world with players nowadays You've got to be very careful Because you've still got to go back And ask them to perform for you Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Charlie's a Rangers fan from Stirling First up, hi Charlie 
Hi, how are you doing, panel? Yeah, good, thanks, Charlie. What's on your mind? It was probably just on the back of the comment there about about um, Gerrard and, and I'm having a dig. He just seems to be having a dig all the time now. Do you think that his managerial style is a bit naive now? Because you're right, he has to get the best out of the players and he seems to be failing to do that. It's one thing going out and saying, let's buy the right players and spend money. But there's other managers proving that they can get the best out of lesser players. And I think this every week, I'm getting a bit sick of it. That it's the players, it's the players, he needs more money. I'd like to see more of their management and his motivational style, getting the players to be their best. Instead now, he's demotivating them. How can he pick them up after slating them? Well, that's what I touched on, uh, Charlie. Sometimes you've got to be very careful of how you handle the situation. As we all, we all know, players do get it so lightly nowadays and they go in the huff if managers go and have a, a real go. I, I said earlier, just at the start of the show, the, uh, the one thing that disappointed me on Saturday was I was looking at some of their body language at half-time walking out the tunnel and it was incredible because there were 49 thousand plus there it was a great opportunity for the three points but they were so flat they couldn't pass the ball they looked like a team disorganised I was watching the, 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 the dugout to see if the manager was going to give that spark with his body language nothing seemed to happen now only time will tell tomorrow night if these players understand what the manager's doing and get a reaction to go and beat Kilmarnock. Because if they don't beat Kilmarnock tomorrow night, you can put out of the cup. I'm a Roger. Their season's finished. They're playing for second place. Yeah, the, the one issue with that does, as you're saying, you know, they, they come out at half-time and they didn't raise their game and it's going to be tough tomorrow night. I, I agree with all of that, but I wonder if some of them have the ability to raise their game or whether they're actually playing as well as they can play. And, and there might be a day in the future where Stephen Gerrard admits that you know, in my, in my first summer at management, I bought players to the club that I thought would be good enough. And then when I worked with them week in, week out, month in, month out, it, I suddenly realised they actually weren't as good as I thought they were going to be. And, and they couldn't bridge that gap to Celtic as I thought they might. And he's going to have to do something in the summer. A lot of them are loan players. A lot of them will go away back to their parent clubs and they will have scope to bring in players. Uh, but I think, you know, despite the fact there was an enormous clear out at Rangers last summer... I think there'll be a good number of changes again this summer. Yeah, there are one or two players obviously letting them down. I don't think the introduction, and we were all sitting here in January saying terrific signings. Davis, for instance, I've I've still to see him, you know, dictate a game from the middle of park, which he's certainly got the ability, but he looks off the pace. Defoe and the manager said, look, we've got an English international here. We've got to put the service into the box. Apart from his, his few goals he scored... He's not contributed anything as well. And the one guy that's let him down badly is his best player, Morelos. Yeah. Uh, Charlie isn't sure that criticising the players over and over again is, is the way to go, but Gav Indram Chapel uh, has a slightly different take. Hi, Gav. Hi, how you doing, guys? Good, thanks. Uh, I, de- I definitely think that it's construct- constructive criticism. They need it because they, they seem to think that, you know, drawing against teams, losing against teams, and if, if Gerard's getting on their back for it, quite right, because they're getting paid enough. So as if they're, they're doing it for nothing. But at the same time, I think that it's needed. If it's not, if, if nobody's there to tell them where they've gone wrong, then how are they meant to benefit from it? Mm. I mean, Roger, when you hear comments at the weekend, and they're all, they were along a similar lines to what Stephen Gerrard repeated today about the team sort of 
uh, lacking leadership. I think that's something that was said at the weekend. What, what do you do about that in the short term? I mean, is that is that something you can just tell people to have? You know, you must have more. You must show more leadership. No. It strikes me as quite a, a difficult thing to find. Um, the selection at the weekend, no Alan McGregor because of suspension, no Morelos because of suspension. Arfield and Jack were injured, and it maybe shows you know that those four guys are leaders in the team. And when those four guys aren't there, then the team struggles without them. Um, that's just right. I don't think either Defoe or Davis have made the impact that the English supporters were hoping they would. And it's still early days for them, but I think people thought the two of them would, would come in and would really hit the ground running. Still major doubt about the defence. Um, Joe Wardle, I heard callers again after the game at the weekend calling for Cattage to come in instead of Wardle, calling for Halliday to come in instead of Barisic. So... Stephen Gerrard's first 11, you still wouldn't know exactly what it is. And there's also, you know, at the weekend, there's no Morelos. So Defoe plays. Defoe doesn't strike me as a guy who looks comfortable leading the line on his own, trying to take the fight to Joe Shaughnessy and Jason Kerr on his own at the weekend. That's something Morelos can do. He's bigger, he's stronger, he enjoys that physical side of the game. I think if Morelos isn't there... The whole team needs to change and he needs to go with two so that Lafferty can take a bit of the physical demand of the of leading the line away from Defoe and allow Defoe to go and do other work. Gav Morelos is available tomorrow um, before he serves another suspension in the league. D- does he change your outlook completely going into a game? Do you feel much more confident when he's available compared to what you do when he's not? Well, he's certainly going to involve goals. That's, that's a, a thing that most of the team doesn't seem to do when he's not there. Um, but I am... It's, it seems a bit Everybody's I think all the Rangers fans Are a bit more confident Than me Morelos is on It's just his kind of temperament That's like something Yeah I mean Gordon in, ter- in terms of You certainly know What you're going to get In a footballing sense mm. What Rogers just mentioned there And you as well Suggesting that maybe Defoe isn't the one To, to play up there in his own Isn't the one to take the fight To the opposition defence These are all things Morelos is, is almost guaranteed To do tomorrow Yeah that's not uh, Defoe's game Defoe's a You know A, a box player he comes alive when the balls come in the box and he gets on to the end of things. He's made a, a terrific career out of that. But he doesn't look as sharp as, obviously, he should be, but he's not had a lot of game time. Morelos brings something completely different to Rangers. He's their best striker by far. So he's got to play. It's whether the Rangers manager now looks at it and says, right, do I stick with going with two up top with Defoe and Morelos and hope a partnership can be worked? Or do he sacrifice... Defoe Who's come up here Obviously to play games So that might leave you With a problem as well Gone, uh, Gav just how big is tomorrow Sum it up for us Oh, it's, uh, Well tomorrow We need to win If we don't win Well league's done That's that's the, the simple fact if, if they don't beat Kilmarnock Then we're just as good As throwing it away Yeah I agree I said that I, I don't think there's any chance Of um, you know Going and win the league Gordon And we've said that From day one That you know I think a lot of his Picked Celtic to go on And win it it was always got to be a, a different year for Rangers, bringing in 15 new players, try to try to get on the tails of Celtic, make it a bit of competition. I said that their only hope for silverware was probably the League Cup or the Scottish Cup. Now, the League Cup's gone, it's the Scottish Cup, and they've got two big games, because Kilmarnock will go there fully confident tomorrow night, because they're a decent enough side, Kilmarnock well-organised, and obviously if they get through that, They've then got to go at another difficult, uh, you know, fixture at Petaudry. 
So it is It's a big night for I think for Stephen Gerrard mm. Because I think If Rangers had to lose us Tomorrow night You'd been in date With phone calls and, and you know what you're going to get From Kilmarnock Malumbo will come back in Alongside Power and Dicker They'll have Jones going up one side They'll have Burke going up the other They'll have Brophy Trying to get in behind You know what kind of performance You'll get from Kilmarnock Well organised at the back As Dan said I don't think any of us know What kind of performance You're going to get from Rangers Go back to that old firm game At the end of December And For all it was only 1-0 They blew Celtic away that day That shows the kind of performance They are capable of If it all goes to plan I haven't seen anything like that performance in any game since then And that must be the biggest worry for Steven Gerrard That he doesn't know when he sends that team out What type of performance mm. he's going to get I mean Gav, I think the likes of Jack and Arfield Are going to be you know late shouts to see if they make it How much of Rangers' chances hinge on, on their inclusion? Uh, same again it's, As long as you get that I, I would agree as well with that That performance against Celtic was, was something else And it's a wonder how they can't pull one of them out of the bag every time that they're playing, but it's, I, I'm hoping they've got a fully fit, um, strong squad tomorrow. Mm. They're going to need it. I think Arfield's a big miss, Gordon. I really do. Every time he's not there, they just don't seem to have anything different in the middle of the park, a threat from the middle of the park. You look at McCrory, Davis in there, Kamara, I thought played quite well at the weekend, but they're all similar players. Arfield gives him a little bit of difference He can go beyond the strikers He can get goals I think Arfield's mm. a big player He's got to be back for him We're on Twitter at Clyde SSB Evan says I'm a Kilmarnock fan I think Rangers played poorly on Saturday And Kelly played very well So I think it's make or break for both teams I think Kelly will be confident But I think it will be a great game overall 0141-951-1025 Let's hear from you We're about to hear from one former Celtic striker Who doesn't think the title is quite over yet Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Get the result you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Gordon DL and Roger Hanna are here. We're on Twitter at Clyde SSB and we're also on the phones 01419511025. So let's hear from you. We're about to hear from former Celtic striker John Hartson on the title race and Celtic's chances. In Europe So give us your thoughts On the phones On Twitter Scott McFarlane though, Is talking about Rangers Previously He says Unfortunately I have to agree with Gordon there we go. He, doesn't, oh. he doesn't like it But he agrees with you Nevertheless He says Even when Rangers do go one up They can't seem to smell blood And go for the jugular Like our city neighbours I don't think it's coincidence There's not many past winners In the team Mentality And leadership uh, Are the issues Let's squeeze in one more call Before we hear from John Hartson Craig is a Rangers fan From Wisher Hi Craig How you doing? Not bad, Craig. What's on your mind after that weekend then? Uh, it's just really, I think a lot of Rangers fans are, are going to be a bit over the top. Uh, we're doing nothing each way with St Johnson, but we had a good game not long ago against Celtic. And it will take a bit of time for Gerard to, to you, know, you know, get his ideas across. I know he's signed a lot of players, but I still think we've got a good 11. But apart from that, I still think we need to sign some more players in the summer to try and compete mm. with Celtic. Roger, like everything, this is all going. How you feel about this as a Rangers fan is all going to come back to your expectations. Yeah, if you were expecting to be pushing Celtic really hard for the title, maybe even win it, then you're bound to feel a bit deflated after the weekend. Um, if you were one though, who in the summer thought, do you know what? If we could get into the group stages, as long as we can finish second, then then you won't be disappointed. But, but it all depends not, on what you were expecting. It's not even what you were expecting in the summer. It's what you're expecting at the winter break because the expectations of every yeah. Rangers fan Rose. increased because 
They played 14 games in Europe Which was terrific No one would have thought They would have played so many games in Europe Or done so well In continental competition Then They were staying in touch with Celtic Staying in touch with Celtic Then they beat Celtic At the end of December And suddenly The expectations Wherever they had been Were increased For every single Rangers fan The disappointment The frustration The annoyance For the Rangers supporters is The way they've performed Since the winter break The inability to kick on uh, the dropping of points Particularly at home to St Johnson at the weekend And now the fact that the season could well hang On a cup replay tomorrow night Against a very good Kilmarnock side Yeah, Gordon, I was sitting at Ibrox on Saturday And you could actually hear the disappointment round, round the ground Rangers fans do expect to be up there challenging They do expect to go and beat St Johnston not, not being disrespectful to St Johnston at home at Ibrox and with 49,000 plus supporters behind them so and the, the Rangers manager's been backed very well with the board he's brought in a lot of players um, you know I don't know if everybody will agree with Craig and say well their starting 11's decent but what is their starting 11? what is their best 11? because I've watched Davis and Defoe coming up and they're struggling there I wouldn't put them in the best 11 just now and they were two big marquee signings in January. Everybody thought they would be absolutely terrific. Um, you know, you've got one or two players in there that... You know, I look at their defence, for instance. I've, I said on Saturday, I'm not a massive fan of Worrell. I, I just think there's a mistake in him all the time. And I don't think you can win a league with that defence. I've said that. Tavernier's terrific going forward. Can't defend. Barisic, another side. Good at going forward. Not the greatest defender. You've got to sometimes have people that can do their jobs. I don't know if the manager knows his best 11 or his best um, shape. Whether it's a, a two up top, whether it's 4-3-3, three, three, whether it's a diamond he's tried that's never worked for me. So I don't think the manager knows his best 11 just now. Craig. Can I come back in there, Gordon? Go, yeah, absolutely. Uh, right. Uh, I think it's 4-3-3, three, three, Gordon. I don't understand why. Okay, bringing the four up, he's got a great goal scoring record, but... Rangers play better, I think, when they're playing four four three, and the biggest threat is Alfredo Morelos, and that's there's, n- there's no a shadow of doubt that when he plays, Rangers are a far better side, a far better side. I agree with Gordon with Joe Worrell. I, I don't know why he was brought up with the team. Barisic, I like left back, and I agree with with Gordon with with, with Tavernier uh, going forward. He's fantastic, but he cannot defend one hundred percent. He cannot defend. Alright, thanks to Craig in Wisher 0141-951-1025 Twitter is at Clyde SSB Let's move on a bit and hear from John Hartson He says it was a big weekend in the title race When Celtic's um, 8 point gap now opened up But he insists they, they, they could still be caught He also says the hoops bounced back perfectly From European disappointment last week It's huge in terms of momentum uh, Momentum, sorry It's huge in terms of psychological With what, 12 games to go I believe 12 or 13 games to go To go a clear you know, in a season where, you know, there's been a challenge. There's been a challenge from Rangers. There's been a challenge from Aberdeen, in particular when Rangers won the game on the 30th of December there and Celtic have gone seven games now, not conceded a goal, won every single game uh, other than the game against Valencia in Europe. It's a great response from Celtic. It shows their spirit, there's character in there. Always when you score late, it's uh, it's a great feeling. You know that you can go you can go till the very very end. So in terms of momentum, it was a huge weekend going in in Celtic's favour. I don't think the title is over. You know they still have to play Rangers twice. They still have to play Aberdeen twice. Um, there's plenty of points to play for. So um, 
It's a huge weekend. It's it's a massive advantage, of course, eight points. But um, in terms of the title being over, um, I, I don't think uh, you'd hear me being so naive as to say that. So it's naive to say the title's over, according to John Hartson. Would you agree or disagree? 01419511025. I think you're naive, Gordon, because you said it earlier. Well, yeah, I, I, John's got his opinion there. I totally understand where he's coming from with the games and whatever. But I just look at Celtic squad. I watch Rangers. Yeah, you can see it was a one-off at the weekend. They didn't play particularly well. Well, the managers had a goal, but Celtic going eight points with the goal difference I've got as well, Gordon. I just cannot see where Rangers can claw that back. I really don't. There will be points dropped, of course, there will. But I cannot see Rangers clawing eight points plus that goal difference back. I mean, the the, the case is. It's obvious, Roger, that you're outlining you know, t- still to play Rangers uh, twice and, and other difficult games. But as Gordon says, it's those are those are big ifs. Yeah, they are big ifs, and I'm quite sure about Rangers supporters thinking Celtic going to need to drop a couple of points at Rugby Park there on Sunday afternoon. They got the last minute winner, and I think in the final analysis at the end of the season, the weekend just passed might be the weekend that people look back on and say that was when the title was effectively decided. Rangers dropping the points at home on the Saturday and then Celtic belatedly taking full advantage in the Sunday because that eight-point gap, uh, are Celtic going to lose three games between now and the end of the season? And even if they do, do we seriously think this Rangers team, a Rangers team that, as we've said, have failed to win 11 of their 26 league games so far, do we seriously think they're going to win all of their last 12? What about this week for Celtic? Because I don't think many people, any, many who decide will be giving them a chance of overturning that deficit when they go to Valencia. Um, what's what's the mentality going to be like going into that one then? How does Brendan Rodgers produce a belief that they actually can can do that? Because it would be an unbelievable upset, wouldn't it? It certainly would. I can't see it happening, Gordon. Uh, I think Valencia are a far too good a side for, to let the, uh, the lead slip. And I think they will probably get through comfortably. And it'll all be the concentration on the cup and obviously the league for Celtic now to try and get another treble in the back. Um, so, no, I think Thursday night it's a case of going over there, doing your very, very best. It'll be interesting to see the tactics. Brendan Rodgers seems never to change his tactics. He's very forward-thinking uh, coach. He wants his players to go and score goals, which leaves him a little bit open at the back, as we've, uh, as we've witnessed before in Europe. So I just think with Valencia, after watching them last Thursday, I think they will go through and it will give Celtic all the, the, the concentration then to go and win a league. And they've got a very difficult game against a, an in-forum mother, will you've got to say, at the weekend. Yeah, and listen, the, the mother game isn't a given either because, as you boys well know, six in a row for Motherwell, um, including that great last-minute win against Hearts at the weekend, um, you would expect them to give Celtic a right good game Celtic coming back from Spain But Celtic's record if you look Coming back from European games Has been mightily impressive They look as if they've got the bit between their teeth now In terms of the Premiership In terms of eight in a row Rangers play first as you say does at the weekend And that, quite simply There is no room in any competition No room mm. now for manoeuvre for Rangers They simply have to win Every single game in every single competition If they're to retain hopes Of ending Stephen Gerrard's first season th- With something tangible I think what helped Celtic Roger At the weekend Is they're playing at home If they were coming back From the European trip And going to Fir Park I think Motherwell Would have fancied their chances But I have not seen Anybody lay a glove On Celtic at Celtic Park In domestic football 
Yeah, they've won every game comfortably. Um, they can just stop the gears, and I think that's where it comes to an advantage for them this weekend. And it's incredible to think that since the turn of the year, there was that controversial decision by Brendan Rodgers to leave out Craig Gordon, who had played well in the old firm game, and he brought in Scott Bain. Uh, amazing thing, Scott Bain hasn't conceded a goal domestically in 2019. We're now into the second half of February. He hasn't conceded a goal. And that is really, you know, what is laying behind Celtic and this run they're on and the fact that coming out of the disappointment of defeat to Rangers, they've now suddenly found themselves eight points clear. 0141-951-1025. That's the number you need to get in touch and share your thoughts. If you would rather tweet, then you can do so. Send your thoughts over to at Clyde SSB. Alec is a Celtic fan on the line. Hi, Alec. Hi, lads. Hello. Hi, Alec. I've been listening to the show, obviously, for the fallout of the, the, the Celtic and Kilmarnock game. And Celtic finished against Kilmarnock with more or less all the signings that they made in January. Uh, I think that that's been a massive contribution in where they've been for, obviously, the old firm defeat. It's gave uh, Brendan options. It, it's, it's took a bit of pressure off of Edward and obviously we know that Lee's out for a, for a bit of time. Uh, so I was on a show, I think it was the Monday before Celtic played Valencia last week, uh, uh, Gordon, mm. and, you, and, and Hugh Keevans asked me if I was to you know, take a victory, would it be Kilmarnock or Valencia? And straight away I says, I'll, I'll take the Kilmarnock game. I have no problems of saying that the victory on Sunday was huge. It was huge for Celtic. If we get back to the beginning of the season, Celtic shot themselves in the foot massively. We soaked them barely in the last day. Uh, we didn't get John McGinn out of the line. We were, uh, a lot, but there was a lot of in-house fighting going on. Obviously, we're talking about with Brendan Rodgers, and look at his new. We're eight points clear at the top. We've already got the League Cup in the bag. To think a treble, treble is a real possibility. You know, Celtic fans right now are witnessing history and it's great to be part of it, that's what I can say. What are you realistically hoping for on Thursday then, Alec? Because I'm sure, listen, you're you're right, I'm sure the fans, if the treble, treble arrives, you'll enjoy it and all the rest of it, but, you know, I'm sure you still want to try and, and put up a good account of yourselves in Europe. You can't just discount that altogether, surely. No, obviously, Gordon, I'm looking forward. Obviously, I'll watch the game on in, in Thursday. Uh, we've got, again, we've got Motherwell on the Sunday. Brendan will go there and he'll try his damnness to get 2-0. It's, is it impossible? Probably, but we all know that, you know, things don't sometimes go. Celtic could sneak an early goal, anything. You don't know. You don't know. It's, it, it, it's can Celtic win and get through? Pop. Possibly, but will they? Men likely no. So we'll watch the game. As long as Celtic don't get any injuries, they'll get a bit of sun on their back, they'll get a wee bit of training in the sun, and then we'll see what happens. But we'll be right back at it again at Celtic Park against Motherwell on the Sunday. Well, Celtic won't go through, Alec, and there's no disgrace to that. I think you are right prioritising the Kilmarnock game, and I say that because the win at Kilmarnock might contribute to Celtic winning a piece of silverware. I think even if Celtic get past Valencia Celtic aren't good enough to win the Europa League They're far better teams in the competition than Celtic But the teams in Europe this season I think they've done 
as well as can be expected. You know, Celtic in a Champions League group, if Celtic can finish third in a Champions League group and get the parachute into Europa League and, and get through a couple of rounds or one, you know, do something in the Europa League beyond Christmas, that's about as far as this Celtic team can go. Likewise, Rangers, Rangers probably over exceeded expectations in Europe with those 14 games. Hibs, I think, had three rounds. Aberdeen pushed an English Premier League team very hard. So, so the teams in Europe did fine. That's about as good as our teams in Europe are going to do at the minute. So you're quite right. Celtic's priority has to be domestic football. It has to be the bread and butter. And if that ends up with a treble treble, it's a fantastic achievement for any team. I mean, surely Gordon, though, just for... I don't know whether you can call it momentum, confidence, morale. I don't know any of those things. Celtic need to still go and put up a good account of themselves. Do they not on Thursday? You can't just roll over and. No, I don't, and, and I don't think they will roll over. But I just don't see. I think it's too big a task, Gordon. Um, Valencia looked very comfortable at Celtic Park. I think Benkovic was a massive loss. Tierney left back was a massive loss for him as well. Um, but I just feel that Celtic, if they go over there and put up a good account of themselves, uh, I don't think they'll get through. I think they'll go come back with no injuries and concentrate in domestic football. And I think that's what will happen. Clyde One. The Cash Register. With wholesale domestic bathrooms. Service, style and value. That'll get you talking. Yes, after almost a week of rollovers, we finally had a winner. Are you actually pranking me? No, this is genuinely real. I think I can really I don't know if I can understand what you're saying, but I take it you're excited. <laughs> I am. How could you not be delighted for Jenna? More than 17 grand going into her bank account. Gordon Deal, how many of those golf jumpers that you always wear in the oh. studio would you be able to buy with that? Oh, I would have 17,000. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, incredible stuff. Well, Cash Register does return across the Hits Network Scotland tomorrow. George will reveal a new cash amount at 8am. We'll start a brand new game on Bowie at breakfast. So make a note of the amount. Be ready to answer your phone within five rings if Grant calls you after 3 PM. If you want to enter, it's so simple. Text yes to 61025. That's yes to 61025. You might as well go and do it just now. It's £2 to play plus your standard message rate. Full terms and online entry on the website. You could be the next winner on Clyde One's cash register with wholesale domestic bathrooms, Hillington. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Win the compensation you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Roger Hanna and Gordon DL here to take your calls and receive your tweets at Clyde SSB if you would rather get in touch on Twitter 01419511025 on the phones on the previous call uh, watching over paradise says I'm a Celtic fan and I have discounted Europe we won't overcome a two goal deficit to Valencia the league is far more important the eighth title will be the sweetest one I mean what, what does that mean then did this do you go as far to say as Celtic rest players or is that is that a complete Nonsense Well you don't want to go over there And get an absolute Doing of, So I think he'll go over there With a game plan Whether he looks at the bigger picture uh, Because The first goal On Thursday night Has got to be important if, if Celtic get it At least it gives them a lift To try and go for it If Valencia get it Then you can just forget it The tie's over I wonder how Brendan Rodgers Will You know Attack this Will he go over there and put all the big ones out? He's, he's, he's starting 11, his strongest starting 11. Or will he put one or two French mm. players in with one eye on Sunday? Because 
I think everybody does agree If you're a Celtic supporter Domestic one in the league Is more important just now I don't think it needs to rest players Because There's just been a winter break We're only less than a month Back out of a winter break A lot of the guys are fresh Burke Weir uh, Got a big squad as it is Bio has come in Tolian's just come in They've not had a lot of football Any of them No point in resting Brown Because he's suspended For the league game At the weekend Um the likes of McGregor and Christie Don't look in need of a rest Edward looks in need of minutes on the park I would say Simunovic had his rest on the plastic pitch At Kilmarnock at the weekend um, Whoever plays left back Won't have had a lot of football either So there's no point in you know resting Johnny Hayes So I think he'll go as strong as he possibly can uh, I just can't see them overturning it But mm. Valencia looked as if they had another gear to go into last Thursday. We're about to hear from Steve Clark, who gives us some interesting thoughts on how we go about solving the problem of crowd trouble. But let's squeeze in Ian in the city centre first. Hi, Ian. How you doing, panel? Good, thank you, Ian. Ian. What's on your mind? Hi. Um, I heard Roger saying a wee while ago there that he thinks, more or less along the lines that Stephen Gerrard will maybe be looking at some of his players and there's no same players that are as good as him and stuff. I think he already knows. There's no way Rangers can play same players that are anywhere near as good as him, and I don't think he's looking for too much out of them. I think he's just looking for what they should be giving back to the fans, and I think that's what he's saying. He's, he's not looking for miracles at them. He's looking for them to put in an effort. I mean, the, the show against St. Johnson was an absolute shocker, but for every shocker, I mean, we've had really good games as well, and they have put in great performances over... Uh, the period uh, well, since it, the, the league started back but yeah we've shot ourselves in the foot too many times and it has been frustrating but I think Stephen Gerrard's recruited really really well not every one of them's a perfect fit but I think he's did really really well and I think he's only maybe three players away from a really really good first team and a few subs what, what areas would those three players be in then Ian? Where, where is the, well, the shortage? I think, yeah I would think he would need to sign another striker um, and I think he would need another attacking midfielder uh, and possibly uh, maybe a left back uh, an actual uh, sorry yeah an actual left back uh, and I, I think they'd be okay actually I think they'd be okay I think we've got too many midfielders that are sort of the same out I do agree along those lines but Considering they signed like 15, 16 players, I'd say about 90% of them have been fine, you know, and I think he knows that, but they've let themselves down, and it's just one of those things, you know what I mean? Well, you, you said Darian, he's not looking for miracles. I agree with you, but he is looking for more, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. He saw in the game against Celtic the levels that they're capable of reaching, and what will be frustrating him is the fact that since that Celtic game, not only have they not reached those levels again, the level of performance seems to be getting worse with each passing week. That's what will frustrate him. Um, does he need three players? I think he might need half a dozen players. I think he needs at least one centre-half. I agree with you. He might need a, a, a left-back again in the summer. Um, you How did that happen so quickly? I mean, Barisic was signed for relatively you know, decent money. People... Seemed to be liking him initially where, well, where did that go wrong well, so quickly? Well, well Lee Wallace will be leaving And Andy Halliday's not right, left okay. back So, so you didn't necessarily mean as a first Barisic choice right? Because okay. Barisic With the best will in the world And the manager said it himself Doesn't appear the most sturdy of defenders mm. Hasn't it the best record 
of injury since he came to the club. Um, they need someone in there to compete. Ian mentioned a new attacking midfielder and a new striker. They're supposed to be called Stephen Davis and Jermaine Defoe, and they just haven't performed so far. Uh, okay, thank you to Ian in the city centre. I do want to squeeze a bit more in before we go to uh, beat the pundit. Let's hear from Stevie Clark. He says the sensible majority need to play their part in helping authorities when it comes to crowd trouble. The Kilmarnock boss says he's desperate for the scenes in Sunday's defeat to Celtic to be dealt with strongly. The worrying fact on Sunday was that people came onto the pitch, but there is a, I believe it's a criminal offence to go on the pitch. So there's plenty of cameras, plenty of faces will be on those cameras. The authorities have to deal with it. You don't want anybody throwing anything. People go to football to watch the game. They should go watch the game. Everyone keeps talking about the mindless minority, and it is. But I think the the more sensible majority, they also have a, a part to play. They have to point out the mindless minority. And then the authorities can deal with it better. We put up a terrific show against the, dare I say it, the champions-elect in Scotland... I'm sure there's a few clubs I've got, I think I've got something to say about that And we're sitting here talking about Issues that we shouldn't be talking about So it'll be good if the authorities Can act Can deal with it strongly And then we can all move on and talk about football Which is, the, which is what we all want to do Sounds a bit like self-policing Is the suggestion from Stevie Clark Scott and Bermullock, can that work? Um, you, need, you need to be strong enough I'll tell you that um, I, I was at a game on Sunday and um, it seems just it's not right. Guys coming on to the pitch, blah blah blah. Now, I, I wasn't really on about. I'm not really on about that. I'm on about the the pricing difference between the clubs that 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 I follow and the other clubs in the SPL and the reasons why we get charged extra. And that sort of sort of lead to what what you're talking about yeah, yeah. now. Over, over the years, I went to games and I've been charged twenty seven or twenty eight pound and. Hamilton, St Johnson, Hibs and the rest of the teams go and they get charged £22 or £23. So I pay £5 extra for the privilege of being a Celtic fan. Other clubs go to these grounds and they get charged less. We've always been told that the reason that we get a levy on is, is because it's to help to pay for the stewarding of the of the game. So on Sunday, Kilmarnock would have paid an extra £40,000 or something for the game, the extra £5. If the stewards were there in place that should have been there, none of the fans would have been on the pitch. That's my problem with all. We're getting charged a levy every single away game we go to of £5 or more in some cases. And yet there was people on the pitch. Now, some of you guys that were on the pitch on Sunday, in my opinion, would have been trying to escape the crowd rushing down towards the players. But where was the stewards? Because see, if you look in the pictures, there's not a steward in sight, nor a policeman. So where's all this extra resource that they're saying that they've got to spend to come in and do it? Roger Hanna. Um, I think there's two separate issues there, Scott. Uh, pricing, I think football in this country is overpriced and I've said that for a, a long period of time, but it, it's supply and demand. If Kilmarnock think they will sell out the two ends of Rugby Park to Celtic fans at 27 or 28 quid, whatever it is, then they're entitled to charge twenty-seven or twenty-eight pounds, and the only way that will stop is if people stop buying the tickets at that price. Um, the, the people coming onto the pitch thing doesn't particularly bother me too much. There, as long as long as there are no injuries with it, there didn't look to be any injuries at the weekend. There was a one similar at Livingston when Rangers scored a goal two or three weeks ago. Um, it all seemed reasonably good-natured. 
Um, it's not as if there were people over taunting Kilmarnock fans. The one at Livy, there was no Rangers fans over taunting Livingston fans. It was, you know, there was no threat of any violence or anything. It was it was high spirits. People don't like to see it, but uh, I'm willing to write it off as high spirits. What troubles me about the weekend is the violence, the smashing of seats, the throwing of coins. Um, that coin that was thrown at Chris Boyd. What what happened if it had, you know missed and hit a kid in the front row? You know, another Celtic fan. Um, it's so it's things like that that trouble me. The, um, you know the wanton violence, the wanton, you know smashing of, of property, rather than mm. the high spirits that follow a goal. Gordon Stevie Clark's suggestion there, you know, is that the, the people who do behave, they're the ones that need to to speak out against the ones <laughs> that don't. And as Roger said earlier, unfortunately, it's not the first time this season. There's been one thrown at Chris Boyd. There's been one mm. thrown at Neil Lennon. There was one thrown um, at the, the from the Rangers end at the Livingston game against the assistant yeah. referee. How? Is that a reasonable expectation to ex- expect fans to, to self-police? How, how tough is that? I think it's very tough, Gordon. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people don't want involved in it. They'll totally agree that it's wrong, but they don't want to be the person that stands up and points out because it can lead to any other, other argument as well. All of a sudden, you've got yourself in trouble because you're just trying to do the honest thing. Mm. So I think self-policing is very, very difficult. OK, we're going to have to leave that one there because we're running late already. Pundit. With goals in the Scottish Sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday. Now a couple of weeks ago we took the big decision to handicap Roger Hanna at Beat the Pundit. He now starts on minus one. He's still not lost, but it came quite close last week I think. Was it a tiebreaker? Disgrace. We went to the tiebreaker last week. He's still on minus one. I'm waiting to decide if he needs to go to minus two, but he's minus one for this week. Gordon DL is here as well. And if you want to take them on at Beat the Pundit, 0141 951 1025, give us a call right now. And remember, just for getting through this week, a pair of tickets to an event with John Gregg and Richard Goff are yours just for getting through. So let's do it. You only have until the news at seven o'clock. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Gordon Dale and Roger Hanna are here with me, Gordon Duncan, and tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We've been hearing from the likes of Stephen Gerrard and John Hartson looking at the results at the weekend, building up to tomorrow's big Scottish Cup game between Rangers and Kilmarnock. We're about to hear from Neil Lennon. First time we've heard from him since he left Hibs, so we'll do that after this. The Pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL Latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday Yes, beat the Pundit time Gordon DL and Roger Minus one Hannah are ready One of them is up against William Who's a Rangers fan from Tollcross Do you fancy your chances tonight William, have you ever played before? Uh, I've not played before Never played before Alright now listen You're a winner already Just for getting through That pair of tickets To the event with John Gregg And Richard Goff uh, Right here in Glasgow On the 29th of March They are yours So happy days Enjoy You go along yourself Or you give them as a present um, I'll probably take my dad along Ah there we go Nice family night out I'm happy with that Let's see if you can go one better though And get a sign ball as well Hedge you're going to be up against Roger Hanna Tails you will be up against Gordon DL and it's heads It's Roger minus one Hannah Ooh, luck, Up against William From Tollcross So let me give Roger some Clyde too So he doesn't know what you're saying William I'll get the clock ready You've got 30 seconds You're going head to head with Roger You can pass remember Here is your chance to beat the pundit You ready? Okay Who was the last Celtic player to score against Rangers? Pass What team is bottom of Scottish League 2? Uh, pass Which McGinn brother is the oldest? Um, Paul 
What is Dumbarton's nickname? Right. Name any one of the two Scots that play for Leeds. Um, Which Rangers manager has the best win percentage this century? And Molda put which Scottish team out of Europe this season? Molda. Um, is it Birmingham? Okay, let me bring Roger Hanna back. Roger, are you with us? Oh, I was enjoying Stevie Wonder and Clyde too. Superb. I'm sorry to take you away from that. You're going to have to listen to me uh, for the next 30 seconds. Are you ready? Yep. Your time starts now. Who was the last Celtic player to score against Rangers? Edward. Which team is bottom of Scottish League 2? Albany Rovers Which McGinn brother is the oldest? Stephen What is Dumbarton's nickname? The Sons Name any one of the two Scots that play for Leeds Barry Douglas Which Rangers manager has the highest win percentage this century? Mark Warburton Mulder put which Scottish team out of Europe this season? Hibs And Gary Harkins was top scorer for which Scottish team last season? Quickly Queen of the South Okie doc William what do you make of the competition? He usually rattles his way through those questions. You seemed a bit unsure. Uh, well, usually they're all right. They were howlers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a couple of them were howlers, William. You're right. Yeah, quite tricky tonight. Let's go through them and find out. Uh, who is the last Celtic player to score against Rangers? Tom Rogic. Is Olivier and Cham? Oh, so was. Yeah, that was a tricky one. Oh, Celtic Park. 1-0 oh, at Celtic course, Park I was Edward, Ah, ah see right, right, right. right, so it's nil-nil after one question no, Remember, it's nil-minus one Yeah, exactly, because Roger starts from minus one Which team is bottom of Scottish League 2? It's Albion Rovers, Roger got it right, you didn't William So it's that's us, nil-nil we're, no, no. we're back on level terms Which McGinn brother is the oldest? You had the choice of three Unfortunately William, you went for the wrong one uh, Roger got it right with Stephen So he goes 1-0 in front Dumbarton's nickname is The Sons he goes 2-0 in front He then goes 3-0 oh, in front no. uh, Because you had the choice of Barry Douglas or Cooper Liam Cooper So 3-0 in front Which Rangers manager has the best win percentage this century? William went for Walter Smith I mean you can see the thinking there mm-hmm. You went for Mark Warburton You were maybe trying to be a bit cleverer thinking Well he was in the championship So he must have won most of his games You were going to say it's Ali McCoyst Because he was down the divisions mm. So there we go uh, Anyway Roger is still three in front You did get one on the board William Always makes me nervous when someone's staring down the barrel of a zero But you got the Hibs Were the Scottish team put out of Europe By Mulder Roger also got it He's miles in front But he got the last one wrong For what it's worth It was Morton <laughs> Gary Harkins last oh, of season course, yeah. So there we go A convincing win for Roger Hanna But William You're a winner anyway We'll give you the tickets To that John Gregg And Richard Goff Enjoy event At the night, Double Tree by Hilton uh, On the 29th of March Alright William uh, Thank you Good man That was William from Toe Cross He says the questions were howling mm. you go Gary, along with Gary Harkins has been at so many clubs Let's have it two a season Yeah it's, it's, it's tough to keep up with So at the we weekend go. Playing well for Partick Thistle mm. All those Partick Thistle fans That were moaning for so long mm-hmm. Very quiet Phone in Five wins in the trot. Get them other fans out more and get them phoning in. Six wins in the trot. Yeah. People aren't interested in good news, Gordon, I've decided. Ah, but we've got Gordon DL here. He's he's delighted with his motherwell team at the moment. They're flying, so that's ah, why he's yeah. come in with a big smile on his face. I think he's even I think he's I thought you had your, your shirt on under your jumper there, but no, I don't think so tonight. So he came in and asked me if Jumbo Muir and Pettigrew had scored the goals on Sunday. Yeah, funnily enough, I went along on Sunday. We didn't have a show, so I was there as always. I, I didn't see you I in, was in, in your season side. ticket. Oh, did you go in the other stand, did you? Yeah, yeah. Right. So I was on the far yeah. side with a friend. Yeah. Any reason for that? 
Just to keep them company The friend must have paid him in mm, Okay Eyewitnesses anyone Did anyone see Gordon Deal At the Motherwell game Because he's a big fan obviously He always tells us He would never miss a game So no, if you no. saw him At the weekend Let us know If you have any other footballing point 01419511025 We are on Twitter At Clyde SSB Let's hear a bit from Neil Lennon He says he's enjoying his break From football at the moment But insists he will be back In the hot seat at some point the former Hibs boss says he would be interested in a move abroad or to England. He says Scotland is also an option, um, but he does say that he works under a dark cloud here. Yeah, eventually, you know, I've been doing this now for the best part of 10 years and it's nice to have a break, you know, and I sort of reevaluate things, not just about your profession, but your life in general. Just get a little bit of normality back with things, but after a while you get the itch again because you, you become sort of institutionalised in that way of life and there's a routine to it and it takes up all your thinking and... You get a lot of enjoyment out of it and a lot of satisfaction out of it as well. But jobs are a precious commodity, you know, and when you're out of the game, the longer you're out, it's more difficult to get back in. But at the minute, you know, I don't envisage going back into football between now and the end of the season. Beggars can't be choosers sometimes. However, if there's something in Scotland or in England or abroad that really appeals to me and I think, oh, yeah, I really fancy that, then obviously, you know, I'll take that take the plunge but um, at the minute like I say I'm enjoying doing a little bit of media work and enjoying spending time at home I think a lot of it's unfair I think if you look at my record as a manager it's been pretty good up here you know won a lot and had a lot of success at both the clubs I've managed here but then there's always this sort of like dark cloud that surrounds you like you know with whether it be the sectarianism or the volatility that people think I'm that mm-hmm. sort of personality you know you try and, and shed that baggage but then um, maybe you're stuck with it and if that's the case then it w- still wouldn't deter me from working in Scotland again well, it'll be interesting from Neil where he goes next because there are only so many options left for him in Scottish football. I would think, um, as a former Celtic manager, he's not going to get the Rangers job. As a former Hibs manager, he's, he's not going to get the Hearts job, is he? Um, the Aberdeen job looks as if it's Derek McInnes's for quite a long time to come, and I would think Neil would, you know, have to think twice about going to a club out with the top five, if you like. I would tend to think Neil Lennon's next job will be in England. Um, it didn't do particularly well at Bolton, but people will appreciate the, circumstances, the yeah. extenuating circumstances of Bolton Wanderers at the time and, and the financial crisis that he had to manage his way through. He's done well at Celtic. He's done well at Hibernian. He's brought silverware to both clubs. I still think his stock down south is quite high. So it won't. he's going to take the rest of the season off. Of course he has. But I think come the summer... Or come that sacking season in the back end of the year down in the English Championship, don't be surprised if you see him down in England's second tier. Yeah, I think you sometimes management's very much a pressure job now, and sometimes you need a little just a step back from it. And I think Neil's enjoying himself, uh, working with the media, doing different things, spending a bit more time with the family and, and stuff like that. And it'll charge the batteries and he'll look to get back in to a job as quickly as he possibly can he probably look to get back in the summer somewhere I do agree with Roger I don't think there's a lot of options up here for him so I think the market in England is bigger so I think he'd be looking and maybe getting back down south I mean on one hand Roger he says he wouldn't, he wouldn't be put off managing up here um, on the other hand he says he feels he manages under a dark cloud in, in that respect then would it, would it be better for his, his next job not to be here if, if that's the way he feels? Yeah, possibly. Neil Lennon possibly needs a new start in his managerial career. And that new start might be down south. I'm not sure Neil's the type to go to you know Spain or Italy or Portugal or what have you. I think he has played all his playing days in the UK. He's, all his management's been in the UK. 
I think, you know, along with Gary Parker, he could go down to the English Championship and make an impact with an ambitious club who are willing to back him the way that Bolton Wanderers couldn't back him because he's only he's only 47 years of age. As he said in the interview there, he's had almost a decade of experience. Um, he spoke last week in our newspaper, The Scottish Sun, that he feels he's a better manager now for that decade of experience, a better manager than the guy who led Celtic to titles, to cups, to victory over Barcelona, to the latter stages of the Champions League. He thinks he's better now than he was then. And, and I genuinely believe he will do a good job for someone. I've had a real snapshot into what people think you spend your, your time doing on a on a Sunday afternoon, Gordon, because I asked if anyone had seen you yeah. at the Motherwell game. I've had one tweet in from David who says, I'm sure I saw Gordon in the, the Sweetie Isle at Asda about 30 minutes before kickoff. But then Sideshow Bob is on to say he saw you in the Sweetie Isle in Tesco. So clearly somebody's got their wires crossed, or are you two places at once? No, do you I'm like to split a, a, your time between yeah, supermarkets? I do. I like a wee supermarket sweep now and again. Right. But, uh, okay. I could have been found in any one of these two. Well, listen, it would not surprise me at all if you had been in the supermarket aisle at both places at the weekend because Alison Robbie was t- sending me photographs at the weekend of the amount of chocolate. That you took to the game at Ibrox and stuff. Yeah, I thought you were an athlete. I, I keep hearing this. Well, that you're no, turning up no, with. No, no. To no. be fair to me, does he eat well? I've seen him at games. When he's been at games with me, he's, he's produced salad rolls and he's produced all manner of of healthy food. Alice and I work very hard at our fitness. So on a Saturday, she brings the coffee from Greg's, and I get the sweets. That's that's the rules. And yeah. other so coffee shops are available. available. Yep. And other sweets Always are available. Always get that in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and she's actually quite pleased with my selection. Great stuff. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. I think we should talk football rather than Gordon Diel's uh, chocolate of choice. Kenny the Jambo from Airdrie has got a suggestion I did not expect to hear tonight. Kenny, share it with us. Evening, Roger Gordon. Kenny, how are you? Hello. Uh, I'm all right, mate. I had my first wedding anniversary uh, for Park on Sunday. Oh, congratulations oh, Thank uh, you wasn't a, wasn't a great result Did Colin Doyle ruin it for you? <laughs> did Colin Doyle ruin it for you? Uh, as, a, as a football fan mate I, I, I totally enjoyed the game uh, When I, I phoned in earlier saying I wish Stephen are talking about changing rules And all that carry on I, I really really do wish I was watching the corners Big big impexu he had two or three men draped around him and, and I think McLean I actually shouted at one point McLean you're standing watching it and you're doing nothing if a goalie kicks a ball and two guys grapple like that at the halfway line it's a foul why do they not just go penalty mm. and the more the day the referees take control of it it's going to make it a lot easier for the football because it was, it was a, a bit farcical it's I don't interesting know you say that Kenny because I know the boys were at the game I was actually just watching it on television and the number of times the commentators highlighted this Curtis main seemed to be the guy who was tasked with watching Ick Piazzo with the set pieces. And he did that. He watched Ick Piazzo. He didn't watch the ball. The ball was completely incidental to Curtis Main. And in more than one occasion, he wrestled Ick Piazzo to the floor. Now, it's been a successful tactic because he's got away with it. Ick Piazzo hasn't scored a goal and there's been no penalty or free kick given. But but you're mm. absolutely right because it was it was highlighted on the television a number of times. Curtis Main did that. Nah, I didn't see that, Gordon Deal, Did you? No, no, nah, we were at the game. Obviously, so. we we don't see that. Nah, of course not. Only kidding, Kenny. Uh, what were your thoughts on on Neil Lennon? Uh, I'd take him in a heartbeat, a heartbeat. I really would. Uh, and if, I would if Levine. I don't know if uh, he's talking about his heart and all that and having a wee time out. 
if he would step upstairs, I think the two of them are, are quite complementary to each other. And uh, I think you said earlier in the programme about players and rolling about and all that. See, when you watch the the, the, the tackle for the, the, for the guy, the Hearts player got sent up on Sunday, the Motherwell player did a couple of rolls and then when he actually, he was hugging, hanging on to his shin, but when he realised there was a whistle going and a red card was out, he was up and running back and I thought, come on players, let's, let's all be more honest about the game rather than mm. rolling about like Sperry's, you know what I mean? Uh, mm. Two separate points there, Kenny would take Neil Lennon at Hearts, Roger. You said that was an option that would be close to him because he's the, the former Hibs manager. I mean, I can't quite see it myself, but, but Kenny's Kenny's open. Well, I think Kenny is in a, a sensible minority. I think it's what Steve Clark might call the mindless majority that, that would put Neil Lennon off being house manager. If you think of some of the graffiti, um, tasteless in the extreme, that has been daubed about Neil Lennon round about Tyne Castle um, by heart support, people pertaining to be heart supporters. I just can't see Neil at all, you know, ever having a, a job as a hearts manager. Albeit, I do think, he, he, as I say, he'll do a good job. For somebody somewhere um, I, I don't think we can excuse Ben Garuccio With that challenge at the end Even Craig Levine said Nowadays You leave the ground You lose control mm-hmm. of yourself In the tackle um, I think Liam Grimshaw Was quite fortunate He was able to get up And go on It's a poor poor tackle As was Kurt Broadfoot's In the game later in the day 01419511025 Thank you to Kenny Stephen's a Celtic fan From Renfrew Hi Stephen Hi to Gordon's And uh, is it Roger? It yes. is yeah. Yep Stephen yeah, I'm very happy with Celtic uh, are doing this season. Um, I think that um, uh, the results at the weekend, uh, I think Celtic's title. I know it's not mathematical um, <coughs> equation yet, but is it possible? I want to put a spin out here. Is it possible if Rangers get beat tomorrow night, then that that would be Stephen Gerrard losing his job? I've, I've, it needs to be put out there because there could be no trophies. Will the Rangers fans accept that? No, I don't. Th- I don't think he'll lose his job, uh, Steve. I'll, I'll, I'll guarantee you one thing: the Rangers fans will not be happy um, with if they get put out of the cup tomorrow night. But I don't think that it'd be that drastic that he would lose his job. I, I, I think he's just in the door. He needs time. He's a young manager. He's learning the game. He's brought in his own players. Uh, so I don't think that will be a, a decision that will be made. They'll be certainly disappointed. But I don't think it would cost him his job. Yeah, I agree, Daz, because if you look, second place in the league would be an improvement on where Rangers were last season. The European performance has been a massive improvement in where they were last season. Um, they didn't reach either cup final last season, and you know if they lose tomorrow night, they won't reach either cup final last season. But it, it's incremental gains, if you like. He's made the team better. He's not made the team as good as I think he was hoping to make the team, but, but they've closed the gap slightly. And as we've said earlier on in the show, I think he'll now look. He's got Jordan Jones coming in in the summer as it is. I think he'll now be looking towards the summer to add maybe half a dozen more to the squad and then try and close the gap further next season. Yeah, thanks for your points. Oh, Thank you. I'm short and sweet, Stephen and Renfrew. I'm happy with that. 01419511025. Coming up next, we've got the full time teaser, as always. And this one is not for the faint-hearted You're going to have to listen very, very carefully We're only looking for seven answers Usually we're looking for a lot more than that We're only looking for seven That tells you how hard it is We'll get the question next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Compensation They know the score Talk to Thompson's.com It is time for Roger Hanna and Gordon DL To tackle tonight's full-time teaser You lot 
are going to enjoy this one because it's so difficult. Sometimes you breeze them on Twitter, but this one is murder. What was it? The what was the word the beat the pundit contestant said? The questions were. I can't remember He said they were too difficult Anyway the, This tonight is pff, Right up there With one of the most difficult teasers We've ever had Full time at Clyde1.com To send your question in Tonight's question Sent in by John He always sends in The most difficult ones Is this Seven players okay Yeah Listen carefully Are not Scottish uh-huh. But have more than 30 caps For their country Have played under A Scottish manager In the English Premier League Since 2000 and have played in Scotland for a non-Old Firm team since 2000. Can you name them? So I'll repeat that. Write it down if you have to. We're looking for seven players who are not Scottish but have more than 30 caps for their country, have played under a Scottish manager in the English Premier League since 2000 and have played in Scotland for a non-Old Firm team since 2000. Any that spring to mind, (laughs) dare I ask? The, so- the sooner John gets a job And doesn't spend every waking hour Coming up with his tears no. The happier we'll all be No we won't Because we'll be struggling on a Tuesday night Because John's are always the, the most difficult And you need to try and come up with the answers Can you set us off with one Roger? No <sighs> Yeah I mean this is some of the seven answers here One more time quickly Seven players who are not Scottish But have more than 30 caps for their country They've played under a Scottish manager In the English Premier League since 2000 and I've played in Scotland for a non-old firm team since 2000. So, um, what I'd say to you, there are no huge names here. I mean, to be fair though, some of them are are, are big names in a way. But um, try to give you some clues to to set you off. Don't think there are I mean, any. This is one of these that if we can get going. Yeah, mm-hmm. we might not be too bad. Here's what I'll say to you, right? So we're looking for non-old firm teams that they played for up here. If you start with relatively, if you if you start with smaller clubs, quite close to home, you'll be on the right track. Like Motherwell, Hamill. The the first one that came to Eric Jemba Jemba. Yes, Roger Hanna always nails one eventually. Eric Jemba Jemba. He played under Scotsman Sir Alex Ferguson. For Man United He played for St Mirren And of course He has more than 30 caps For his country And is not Scottish So there we go Easy as that <laughs> I have absolutely no chance Let's, I will not even get one I'll give you another wee clue There's a Partick Thistle link here And we've got Jonathan Who's a Partick Thistle fan On the phone Hi Jonathan Hi guys Hello What's Hi, your John. point tonight Jonathan? Uh, well I went to the game on Saturday And I was very impressed With the performance again uh, Good result um, and I also thought that when Scott McDonald came on, uh, obviously he scored in his debut, and I thought he really uh, gave the team a lift and helped us get through the, the final stages of the game. I thought he changed the mentality of the team. Uh, and But my main point is not to get carried away or anything, but I suppose that's us six, six games unbeaten, I think, now. Uh, and I was just wondering, if we keep going like this, I noticed we were only eight points off, I think, the top four. Uh is it too late, do you think, to get a top pass for the table finish? Ah, there we go, there's a question. Partick Thistle, too little, too late, well, or timing the run just right? You were in at weekend, Roger. Yeah, I mean, I've seen Big three, three of these Thistle wins in this five-match winning streak. I saw them beat Queen of the South. I'm not trying to take credit for you, I saw them beat Alloa at the weekend. Um, Gary Caldwell has finally turned it around. 
Um, Scott McDonald, you're absolutely right. Jonathan did well when he came on, took his goal well. Might have had more than one goal. He looks surprisingly sharp for a guy whose football has been restricted to five asides with Mark Wilson and Alec Ray. He really did look sharp. The, the key signing for me has been at the other end of the park, Stephen Anderson, who at championship level looks as if he could play until he's 40. Um, he's one of those players that he doesn't look particularly quick, he doesn't look particularly big. But any time a ball comes into the box, it's as if it's magnetised to his head or his foot. He just seems to get mm. everything away, organises the back four superbly, tells everybody where they should be. And he has been the single biggest signing for Gary Caldwell so far. I just think they've left a wee bit too late because, you know, the likes of this weekend, they've got Ross County, the leaders, coming to Fur Hill. Um, yeah. It's going to be a big, big ask. To beat County and get a six straight win, and that's what they're going to need to go. You know, they're going to need another five or six consecutive victories if they're going to push into that. Top Just quickly four. before we go, before we we carry on, let me clarify something on the teaser. Those who are currently playing in Scotland do not count. <coughs> okay, I meant to add that in as a right, footnote. Okay. So Kyle Lafferty, for instance, Yusuf Malumbu, guys like that. Those currently playing in Scotland don't count. So my apologies, Jim on Twitter who threw in Kyle Lafferty, which was a great shout. But I forgot to mention that uh, Jonathan So you're looking at A top half finish I mean Would, would playoffs Be completely out of the question? Um, I, I was just to see Really how far we could get I, I'm not expecting anything I think our main aim Is still to avoid Relegation And get out of this Relegation battle Because we're on no means safe uh, But it was just uh, Something when I was Looking at the table I thought Well It's, it's quite tight yeah, I mean, it certainly is Gordon D'L And that, that signing of Scott McDonald, as, as Jonathan mentions If I'm remembering correctly, back to the night that he signed We had a bit of mixed bag from Thistle fans mm-hmm. Some weren't too sure But you know, the, the feedback from the weekend is that he did look sharp He's obviously experienced He's scored a lot of goals in Scotland In the top flight in Scotland, mm-hmm. I should add um, I, I just th- wonder if he could make a difference Yeah, I think he can uh, you, you know, Scott McDonald's a... V- very very good football player He's got a good f- football knowledge He can score goals He's brought in a bit of experience uh, Roger was saying there at the back as well And it certainly helped They went on this run um, I quite fancy them uh, To turn Ross County over at home Because I think they're play- they must be playing with a lot of confidence Roger's uh, seen more games than I have But it was certainly needed uh, Whether they can get up the table I don't know But I think if you'd asked any Party Thistle fan About six weeks ago They'd have just been delighted To avoid relegation again And um, you know It's something for a Party Thistle manager To go and build on But I think Scott McDonald's A terrific signer You want to come back in Jonathan? No, that's all, thanks that's fine. Oh, great stuff, very polite <laughs> Happy ending to that one Thank you to Jonathan Partick Thistle fan from Bears Den Happy with his team's recent form And wondering just how far they can go 01419511025 If you've got anything to add On Twitter We are at Clyde SSB Roger Hanna, you're looking at me a bit confused Oh, I'm, I'm dazed and confused With the teaser question, yeah. Looking for seven players They're not Scottish But they've more than 30 caps for their country They've played under a Scottish manager in the English Premier League Since 2000 And they've played in Scotland for a non-old firm team Since 2000 Don't worry about anyone who's playing here at the moment Because they don't count Yeah. You've got Eric Jemba Jemba You've got one You've only got six to get <laughs> That's all Mm-hmm. Just six uh, Must be a Hearts player Come on Roger <laughs> There is one Who played for Hearts I don't yeah. mind giving you A bit of a helping hand Because this is Very very tough 
Now, do you know the reason I, I can tell that it's tough? Because there are not many at all correct answers coming in on Twitter. In fact, I don't think we've had any yet. None. I'll give you some wrong answers like we do on a Saturday. Right. That might well, that help. Might help uh, John Boy has gone for Glenn Hoddle. That is not one. Um, John Clark has gone for Christopher Ray. That is not one. Hugh Moan says Ulysses de la Cruz. That is not one. Um, I told you Kyle Lafferty didn't count because he's in the division at the moment. So let me have a quick look. Yeah, absolutely nothing yet. Very, very tough. Scott Kirtland's going for Aaron Hughes. That's not right either. What's it's very about, tough, this question. I can't remember his, who would have been his Scottish manager down south. Ravinelli? Nope. <coughs> nope. All right. Eric Jemba Jemba played for St Mirren. Mm-hmm. So you're on the right lines with that club. And with similar sized clubs in similar well, you, parts of the country You, you, you said Hoddle, was Chris Waddle one? No Too late? Mm-hmm Let's take a call from Grant, who's a Rangers fan in Cumbernauld Hi Grant How you doing alright lads? Not too bad Grant, what's your point tonight? Um, basically just to uh, I feel basically, simply to I think, uh, I think the league's done now I think the league's done I think um, we've seen in this Rangers team that we can play against anyone but we can also shoot ourselves in the foot big time none more so probably than since we beat Celt- since after the Celtic game um, I just think with the, the silly points dropped and now Celtic hitting form I think I think I think the day's done for this season anyway that's not to say that there's not been a major improvement there has um, I think that's typified in, in the performance against Celtic um, at the end of December but I genuinely believe that unless there's a major change in Celtic's run of form, not to mention Rangers finding much better consistency, especially uh, Ibrooks again, where our form seems to have dwindled, oh. um, I think I think that's it done. What was and was that the final straw for you at the weekend, Grant? When you say that, I mean, did did you say the same thing a week ago, or was it specifically the the combination of results at the weekend that's that's made you come to that conclusion? I just started to have my doubts after the Kamarnock game once um, once the winter shutdown was finished. Mm-hmm. I thought when we couldn't, well, I, maybe you could argue that the winter break came at the wrong time for us because I say the performance in the old firm on the twenty ninth of December was just it was tremendous. It's it's something I didn't expect, obviously, even though with the improvement this season. But I mean, we look at it, we should wait over even way. A slightly changed team in Cowden beating the cup. We just we didn't look at it at all. If arguably for the full ninety minutes, never mind just the second half. Yeah, well, what um, disappointed me, Grant, on Saturday was the fact that the no Celtic aren't playing till the Sunday. They're at home against St Johnston, and you've got to say St Johnston played well. They were well organised, but the Rangers didn't ask any questions whatsoever. And I was disappointed in that just the way the game. Went about It was so flat The passing was poor The tempo was poor You didn't create a hardly created a chance In 90 minutes At Ibrox In front of 50,000 people Which is Surprising for me And you're right I think 8 points With the goal difference That Celtic's got I don't see Anybody clawing that back Because I keep going back to When I watch Celtic At Celtic Park And domestic football they're miles ahead of everybody at Celtic Park Miles I've, I've never sat once and looked and thought Well this could be the weekend That someone can come here and get a result Never looked at that this season yet So I can't see Rangers clawing They points and the goals back I think it's done as well Roger the, Grant talks about that the winter break Has almost been at a negative turning point for Rangers And I wonder if How much you know m- momentum comes into play See when, when, when Rangers got that result against Celtic 
You they would have been desperate for a game the following week. I had to wait five weeks for another <laughs> league game. Yeah, listen, it's a, it's a valid point. Um, I think the winter. By the way, that, that's that's no excuse. I mean, every team has to no. deal with the winter break. But I'm just saying, it's it's, it's interesting to look back on it. But when you look back at it, I think the winter break, but by Celtic's own admission, came at a good time for them. They had a few injuries. They were needing to reinforce the squad. Um, by the time they came to Ibrox for that game, they looked dead in their feet. They were battered. It was their worst performance of the season. And Brendan Rodgers would have delighted to have taken a month off, got them to Dubai, get some fresh energy in the legs. Whereas Rangers had just produced their best performance of the season. They were absolutely flying. And rather than getting another game in three or four days' time or a week's time, had to wait five weeks. And the signings that were made in that five weeks were thrown in. And they didn't really enhance the team And they've never quite reached that level again In fact they've got nowhere near that level again So the, the point you're making Gordon is, is very valid uh, Want to come back in on that one Grant? I absolutely I mean I'm not I'm not knocking the winter break at all I, 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 just, I, think, I think all round is good um, Although typically in Scotland We don't usually get a bad winter until we're March <laughs> <Yeah. April time. laughs> um, But I think as I, as I say there, it's, it's sort of, it's, it's, I feel as if it has went against us a bit, um, not to play the victim or anything, but I think, um, I, mean, I mean, even after the, after the Aberdeen result, I sat and watched it, and even when they got their penalty to pull it back to 3-2, and I thought, you know, we're, we're doing all right here, we're holding out, Aberdeen only having too much of a threat, and we obviously got the three points, but I just I just feel as if what Rangers have, resources, and and whatever else, not not to say that they're not that that they sh- they, they should win every game of football um, without doing anything. I just think home games should by and large take mm. care of themselves in the Scottish Premiership. How are you feeling about tomorrow night then? <laughs> Do you know I, I can't stress enough how big this game is tomorrow. I really cannot stress it enough because I feel after Saturday and then obviously with this cup replay coming tomorrow night, um, it's. It's it's huge in the season. Not 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 for Stephen Gerrard's job because I love the guy. I love the guy. But um, and I think, as I say, the improvement is there. I just feel as if a trophy would sort of back that up, um, especially with the league being there for the taking. I feel with the inconsistency mm. throughout the whole division, obviously Celtic included, and the emergence of Aberdeen and the Kilmarnock especially. Um, I just I just feel tomorrow night is huge At least it will be played on proper grass That is very true It will be played on grass We won't argue about that We argue about everything else Thank you to Grant Who's a Rangers fan uh, From Cumbernauld Right on this teaser It's heating up a bit On Twitter People are getting closer Now Neil McFadden says Yusuf Malumbu Neil well done But remember you've forgotten The wee footnote It doesn't include players Currently in Scotland At the moment So it's, it's former players Stephen Lamont Has thrown in James McCarthy Mm. Roberto Martinez Signed him at Everton It wasn't David Moyes So they're playing under a Scot What about Simo Valakari? Nope I have not (laughs) Robert Earnshaw Yes Oh Roger Robert Earnshaw Played under Billy Davis Billy Davis Your old pal at Derby And he played for Up here Morton Morton, Morton Back what, in what 2000 What I did think about Simon Churchill I was at Aberdeen Nope What a shout Earnshaw I would like to Give some praise to An unlucky By the way Paul McAnally Is a couple of years out On Tamuri Kitzbaya Because he didn't play In the English Premier League oh, After 2000 bad. The man of the moment 
is Fraser Wilson on Twitter. You are the first tweeter, Fraser, oh, well done, Fraser, to get one of the answers right. These two don't have it. We'll see if they get it next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard, Roger and Gordon are here and they are racking their brains like never before on tonight's full-time teaser. One of the toughest questions we've ever had, we're looking for seven players who are not Scottish but have more than 30 international caps, have played under a Scottish manager in the English Premier League since 2000 and have played in Scotland for a non-old firm team since 2000 also. Those currently playing in Scotland don't count, so you don't have to worry about the Kyle Lafferty's or Yusuf Malumbu's of the world. Now, before the break, the guys only had two. They had Eric Jemba Jemba. They had Robert Earnshaw. I told you only one tweeter had a correct answer. Donnie Wilson has just thrown in another one that you're still looking for. Have you got any during the break? Yeah, go on, Roger. Take it away. Wes Houlihan. Wes Houlihan played under Played under Paul Lambert And At Livy And then played down south Under Paul Lambert And, and Alex, Alex Neil. Yeah Wes Houlihan Robert Earnshaw Eric Jemba Jemba Gordon DL Will Kamara That's an outstanding shout from you I don't know I can't remember who he played with <laughs> St Mirren Yeah and I mean I know the other reason you know that Is because it was also under your pal Billy Davis At Derby So there ah. we go Mo Kamara Eric Jemba Jemba Robert Earnshaw Wes Houlihan We're getting somewhere now <laughs> Sort of Three to get Mm, Tough Think Goalkeepers I'm going to think out loud right Uh You want to think about some goalkeepers Mm -hmm. One Was certainly a a, a big name Up here And one You will not get For love nor money There is no chance I can see you getting this last one Absolutely none well that says a lot But two of them are doable One is murder As they say Right, Ian's a Partick Thistle fan in Bears Den Hi Ian uh, Even gentlemen Hi Ian um, I just heard a Thistle fan on there earlier um, Talking about Do you think of any chance of reaching the playoffs? Um, I, I don't know what he's been drinking tonight I'll be honest with you uh, Thistle playoffs count to the weekend If they lose that It's conceivable that Arlo and Falkirk pick up points Thistle could end up bottom again They've also got the United coming up as well shortly. So I think until we play the Ross County and the United, if you can beat them, then you would maybe think you've got an outside chance. But really, I don't think I don't know what the guy's thinking about. We've had a couple of good results, to be fair. Got myself off the bottom of the league, but we're only two points off it. So to think about getting into the playoffs and trying to get back up again, I think, I think he's like on a different planet. Roger. Uh, yeah, I think they've left themselves too much to do. I think if they can get away from the relegation zone, and, and bearing in mind that win at the weekend, that only took them out of the bottom two by a point. Um, come the weekend, they could quite easily be back in the bottom two if they were to lose to Ross County. Um, they look better than they did. As I say, I've seen them three times in the last five weeks, and they're gradually improving. The signings have done well. Um, they've stopped leaking goals with Anderson there. Young Connor Hazard. On loan from Celtic Looks a decent goalkeeper as well Banning in in the middle of the park Is getting fitter with each passing week And the addition of McDonald Will give them more of a cutting edge Up top Well they were really for me Far too reliant for far too long On Chris Doolan So they're getting better I just think it's a type of league where you know, Teams take points off each other each week I just think Thistle have left them so too much to do They would need to go on an even longer run of wins And hope that 
a number of teams above them drop points. Ian, you want to yeah. come back in? I don't think we'll get any chance of reaching the playoffs. I'll be glad we, if we stay up. Um, at the start of the season, I was hopeful of making the playoffs, but the way things have transpired, it's just not happened. And I think um, well, we just took too long to get things going. I mean, there's about 10, 11 games. They had to get less points than Mark. They wanted to go the same number of games. So, OK, so they've picked up a bit now. and I'll, tell you, I'll give credit to my credit's due. Some of the signings have looked good. But uh, I think we're a long way off challenging for playoffs. Who do you think is going to win that division, Ian? Having seen all the teams, and I think Dundee United in particular, have strengthened a huge amount during January. Who, who do you think is going to go on and win it? At the start of the season, I would have said Ross County. But with the amount of not money Dundee United have been thrown at that team, and they've totally rebuilt it. Yeah, you, you were nodding away, Gordon Deal. Yeah, because I, I, I watched uh, St Mirren Dundee United in the Cup a few weeks ago, uh, Gordon, and they've signed, they brought in something like 11 players in January, and it's good quality, and they have, they've mm. spent a lot of money, they really have in wages and stuff like that, and they've got good backup in the bench as well. I think Dundee United will be my tip to just get there. Any more on this teaser? Someone threw in players who'd played under own coil, that is not something you need to consider. Well, we always well, do football nationality well, on these I, questions, I, I, don't I, I we? So like, Coyle's not one. I always like your clues, goalies. Antiniemi. Antiniemi, show me your working. Well, he was at Hearts as well as Rangers. Uh huh. He went down south. Did he not play the FA Cup final under Gordon Strachan for Southampton? He did. Well done. Yes. Antiniemi, which means you've got one to get, two to get. One is doable. One we could be here until midnight. Is, is I promise the, you. Is one of them a goalie? Yes The one I thought was Michael McGovern No I thought you were going to ram those words down my throat there It's not Michael McGovern But I have given you a clue that it was a goalie So that might help uh, Mike is in shots What's your point tonight Mike? Hi It's just um, a little bit off topic right now from Scottish football I'm always happy so, with that Don't what, worry What the panel kind of thought about um, The fine that Leeds United have had £200,000 for the Spygate thing um, <laughs> I think it's probably a little bit harsh Because uh, there isn't any rules set out just now um, certainly not in England, I don't know if there's any in, in Scotland, um, whereby they can't do that. It's, there's nothing in the rules that say they can't go and have a look or cross fences or whatever the case may be. It's maybe not the done thing, but there is no rules, and I'm just wondering how um, you guys think uh, about the £200,000 fine. See, that, that's what I love about this show, because sometimes there are certain stories which we just are interested. Spygate has been magnificent, Roger. What a story it was. Um, what do you make of Mike's question? I, I think Mike's absolutely right. I'm astonished that they managed to make this fine stick to Leeds United, uh, because Leeds did nothing wrong. There is a rule now in place which Leeds have agreed to and agreed to support, but there was no rule in place at the time down south that blocked them from doing this. Um, I think... They're very fortunate that Leeds have held their hands up and that Leeds have agreed that morally it was the wrong thing to do and that Leeds are going to swallow this fine because I think if Leeds hadn't been on side with them and had challenged it legally, there's absolutely no way they could make this fine stick. Yeah, <clears throat> I I like the fact that He's been out of his way to try and get every bit of advantage. I knew you would. I mean, I, 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 I've seen you in the golf course, yeah. so it doesn't surprise yeah, me. Yeah, I, I just think that uh, in the modern day football as well, trying to get that bit of advantage, especially in that championship, the the prize at the end of it to get into the English Premier League. So it's League. not morally wrong? Uh, it's not against the spirit of the game? Not, not for me, Gordon. <laughs> I, I, I just I applaud the lad because I'll guarantee you that it goes on most places. 
people will try and get an advantage. People will try and speak to someone in the club to see what formation the, the, their team's playing and on. Does that, does that make it right? It, it doesn't make it wrong, does it? it, it you know, it, it's not like... Um, and plus, if, I, if you're going to be that, you know, sensible about it, and there's people standing over in the trees, then get your fencing a bit higher. <laughs> get, get it sorted out. But I like the fact that the guy went an extra mile just to get that little bit of advantage. And, and okay, yes, you can see the shape of your team. You'll probably know that anyway because you'll have done your homework a million times, right? But you've still got to beat them on the night, Gordon. You've still got to go out and get that result. But I quite... Yeah, I'm going down the line. I don't care what MDC. I quite like that. Okay, Mike and Shots. Hopefully that answers your question. We don't have a great deal of time left to dwell on it. Thanks for the call. Uh, that'll be the last one for tonight. But 01419511025. Take it down. Give us a call tomorrow and let us know what is on your mind. Now, as for tonight, we've got some work left to do on this teaser. It's an absolute belter. Full time at Clyde1.com. Send your answer, uh, your questions in to us tonight. Seven players, not Scottish, but have more than 30 international caps, have played under a Scottish manager in the English Premier League since 2000, have played in Scotland for an Arnold Firm team since 2000. You've already got Mo Kamara, Eric Jemba Jemba, Robert Earnshaw, Wes Houlihan, Anthony Emmy, two to get. Mm, struggling, Roger. You're sitting there with your eyes closed. Any chance? <laughs> That's his thinking face. Thinking face, I said. Thinking. Uh, what about the Motherwell goalie, Gunnar nope. Nielsen? The nope, nope, guy. nope, nope. Can you give us a, a clue of the City. teams? Now, this guy also did play for an old firm team. All right. Prior to this, and the non old firm team he played for up here was Partick Thistle. Is this a goalkeeper? No, this is the so called easy one. So he played for an old firm team In the 90s In the 90s mm-hmm. Then that. went to Thistle He fit, Towards the end of his career Thistle in the 2000s Thistle in the 2000s In between times Played for a Scot In the English Premier League At a club which is Nowhere near the English Premier League anymore No The English club he played for Bradford Bradford with Jim Jeffries. Yep Played with an old firm team Played with Thistle Juanjo Nope the old firm team was Celtic I mean High profile Celtic player No doubt about it Mid Mid 90s Mid to Played for Bradford I tell you yeah, yeah go for it He's Portuguese Had long curly hair George Cadet George Cadet And the one that you'll never get Played This season In our top flight For Hamilton Ackies This is I mean honestly This is not even worth Wasting time over It's go so on. hard Go One of the goalies How many goalies have Hamilton used this Jan season? Jan Mucha Jan Mucha <laughs> I told you, I knew you wouldn't Thank you Roger Hanna and Gordon DL Thank you for all your calls and tweets We are back tomorrow Another big night for Scottish football uh, Between Rangers and Kilmarnock We're building up to Celtic in Valencia as well uh, So do join us Callum Gallagher is up next Stay where you are Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years.